A city of justice A city of love A city of peace For every one of us We all need it Can't live without it A Gotham City Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by thebatmanuniverse.net. Check out the Batman Universe for this and many other great Batman podcasts. And we love giving you Batman podcasts and all sorts of great Batman content. However, you know, in order to, you know, stay with you guys as we've been for close to a decade now and keep the great content coming, hosting fees and everything are piling up. So if you find it in your heart to give us just, you know, a few dollars, go to thebatmanuniverse.net. There's a donation bar. Um, if you were, if you hated like the latest issue of, you know, Harley Quinn or something like that, and you're like, I'm not going to buy that again, then instead of you doing that two ninety nine or four ninety nine, you know, on a comic that you don't like, just give that money to us. Cause Hey, we'll give you stuff that you like <laughs> and at better quality too. But in any case, I'm Josh and joining me is this is Donovan and, um, the granddaddy of the Batman universe.net himself is joining us. Yes, Dustin, I am here to berate Gotham as I normally do when I appear on this show. Hooray! <laughs> Spoiler alert, I don't think Dustin liked this episode. Uh, this episode was called Transference, and it is the end of Gotham's second season, the end of Wraith of the Villains, you know. Uh, <laughs> so. I will say that, I, will say that it's, I looked it up, it's honestly Wrath of the Villains. Yeah, Wrath is definitely it. All season long, it's been a... <laughs> Sorry. Wraith has an eye, but sure. <laughs> Wasn't there a Batman villain called the Wraith or a... No, yes, that, 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 was, it, that was that was that was Spider Man. Oh no, no, no was it Batman too? Yeah, yeah, purple purple uh, outfit. And he uh, was the Wrath. There was definitely there was there was the Wrath, and then there was another one called the Wraith as well, I believe. Oh God! <laughs> and next season, well, I'm sure we'll see both of them. Probably. You know? I, I mean, why not? We got Mister Freeze and Clayface in you know one episode, so. Uh, um, I'm sure all of you have seen the episode. Otherwise, you know, spoiler warning and. Um, I don't understand why people would listen to a podcast about an episode that they didn't watch and then get mad for spoilers. But we're putting the spoiler warning in just in case you're that rare breed of people. But, you know, to recap what happened, everyone's at Indian Hill. Strange defies the laws of physics by somehow not being killed by uh, Mr. Freeze and Firefly together. <laughs> uh, Gordon takes a truth serum, which temporarily, like, cures him of, like, you know, his gravelly voice and tells Bruce for, like, the 20th time, I never should have made that promise to you about, you know, not killing your – about not finding your parents' killer. And Bruce is like, the f*** this now? Clayface fools. Um, no, I, I, I'd like to say Clayface fools nobody, but unfortunately that's not true. But luckily, you know, Barbara Keen, who for some reason is now living with Penguin and uh, Butch again, <laughs> uh, you know, figures him out in twenty seconds flat and punches his uh, clay jaw. Everything. Uh, Strange runs away from Fish Mooney because she's got the cooties, and I'm not joking. That's kind of how the scene went. She like, you know, holds out her finger, and he runs away. Like, oh, I'll get you for this later. Indian Hill is gonna blow up until um, Peabody asks for a glass of water, and Gordon steals a car, ending the season. That pretty much sums things up, you know. Uh, out no, of context, it does. It's, it's, it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they all saw the episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't believe in doing beat by beat recaps. This is just you know the funny things that like catch our eyes. But uh, Dustin, we haven't heard from you in in a long time regarding this show. So what what did you think of this episode? I wonder what you thought about this season as well. As oh, in, uh, we'll, we'll get to the I'm season. Such... We'll get to the season. Let's talk about this episode. Um, 
you know, here's the thing. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, I have no problem admitting I don't watch the show live. I stopped watching the show live after the first mid-season finale. Um, but this show I watched uh, on on Tuesday on my DVR, and you know, here's the thing. I I've come to the conclusion that this show has decided that they cannot figure out how to make the show serious. And make it a Batman show. There's no way they can do it where it takes itself seriously. So they've decided to, in some cases, take itself too seriously where it's laughable. And other elements where it's just laughable by itself and it's not serious at all. Um, <laughs> there, there was plenty of situations in this episode. Like the, the Hugo Strange thing, I will say this. B.D. Wong has done an amazing job. I've actually really enjoyed his portrayal of Hugo Strange. Um, oh yes, he's probably one of the few elements of the show that I think are like dead on. Um, I think he's done an amazing job. I look at that char- I look at BD Wong as Hugo Strange and think this is exactly how I actually picture Hugo Strange. So it was extremely unfortunate when you have the fight between Firefly and Mister Freeze, and they decide to blast. Hugo, and I'm sitting there like, no, you got to be kidding me! You're killing the one character that I don't mind, but he didn't die, and Somehow. it didn't make any sense. He was burnt he on was one side, back to and life. He was frozen on the other side, and all Gordon had to do was slap him. Strange, wake up! I mean, like it made no sense, and I'm just like, you know what? As stupid as that was, I'm going to just be okay with it because that means they can bring Hugo Strange back. Um, the uh, one of the other elements that I, I I guess I'm not really getting is they're trying to incorporate the quarter vowels, uh, and for those who haven't been reading comics for the last five years, you probably have the clue who the quarter vowels are because it's a fairly new addition to the Batman universe. Uh, uh, it was in a story called The Quarter Vowels, uh, written by Scott Snyder in late 2011, early 2012. But the basic gist of it is that there's a secret society that that basically runs everything relating to Gotham. And if you have kept reading, reading comics past 2012, you realize that there's actually Court of Owls in all the major cities all over the world. But that's a whole other story for a whole other. Oh, that I did not know. Yes, the, the, but we don't need to go there. But anyway, my thing is, uh, there, the, there's the Court of Owls is a is an interesting group nonetheless because the whole point is that they're they're rooted in the history of Gotham City. Now, part of the Court of Owls is that they have these basically every couple decades they have they they handpick an assassin that they turn into what is known as their talent. And this person goes and takes care of the dirty work that these rich upscale people can't do themselves. They'll go kill somebody who's messing with their plans or whatever. And the Talons, basically, once they have served their time in the couple decades that they've, their, it's their time, they're put into this, like, this, this, uh, stasis sleep thing where they basically go to sleep, but they can be re, they can be brought back and re, you know, re-energized, rejuvenated, whatever. Um, resurrected, I guess, is another way to phrase it. Um, and they can be brought back at any time if they need, if, if the court deems that they need that specific assassin for something. So Winter the whole Soldier. thing is, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's very similar to Winter Soldier. Um, but the, the, and to what Hugo Strange is doing too, actually. That's my point. That's exactly what I'm thinking is that the whole idea of what's going on with Hugo Strange bringing people back to life 
and then they bring in the court and say the court's involved in everything that Hugo Strange is doing, is that they're trying to connect the dots and say Hugo Strange is basically doing this so that he can bring back these assassins for the court. But what doesn't make any sense is that the court has been, in, in, in the comics at least, the court has been operating for centuries, not just the last 10 years, you know, before Batman becomes Batman. It's been operating for centuries. So they would have already known how to bring back their assassins. Um, Hugo Strange did, figuring out how to bring back somebody from the dead is not going to help somebody who's been dead for a hundred years. They're a pile of bones. They're not going to be able to be brought back to life. Unless, of course, I guess they become a skeleton monster since he's creating monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Phosphorus. Yeah, I mean, like, but, but anyway, bringing in the Court of Owls is not, like, I don't, I guess I, I can see the story, you know, the, the story possibilities. So, like, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I guess the explanation of having him linked to, uh, you know, having Hugo Strange linked to the Court of Owls and he's doing this exp- these experiments on their behalf. There's there's some disconnect there because they're basically they're messing with something that hasn't even been around long enough to really mess with. Um, you know, obviously you can mess with characters who have been around 75 years and have been told, you know, have had multiple origin stories told over the you know 70 something years that they've been around. But you can't really do that with something that has only been around for X years, who's only had one really one writer really deal with it. You either go off of it and say this is it, or you just do your own thing. But it really just doesn't feel like they're even grasping the concept of what this is supposed to be. Having it supposed to be this secret society that's been around for centuries, they're taking away the whole aspect of, you know, the Talons, which are these assassins, by not being able to actually bring them back to life and having Hugo Strange be the one who's supposed to do this. But all that aside, um, I've got plenty of problems with other characters, which I can get into with my, you know, season wrap. Um, you know, the, the entire season, but for this episode, like it wasn't bad. I didn't leave the episode like thinking, Oh, I can't wait for the fall to see what they do because really there wasn't really any sort of major cliffhanger that I was super thrilled about the ending where you have all the monsters getting off the bus. Not one monster was even remotely. I didn't, I didn't see one monster that I recognized from the Batman universe, which means it's just a, ra- a bunch of random creations because they didn't decide who they're going to go with. Despite the fact that I saw interviews with one of the producers saying, oh, yeah, we know exactly uh, some of the villains we're going to do the next year. We're, Matt Hatter is going to be a big one, and we're going to do Tweedledee uh, and Tweedledum, and you know, we're going to have these characters. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, Okay, well, if you knew that, then why didn't you at least like somehow somehow hint at that? What is the point of a season finale with a some sort of it's supposed to be a cliffhanger if all it is is just a bunch of random people that they're going to have to round up? But I mean, I didn't leave thinking to my I, okay, I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be that amazing to begin with. It wasn't amazing, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, Justin's like I, I don't I don't think it was as bad as it could have been. But that's not saying very much for this show. Well, I do agree with Dustin that, like, uh, a little while after I finished the episode, I did decide that, like, it wasn't really that great of a finale. Um, I think they've done far worse episodes. But I felt that, like, the biggest stakes were, like, you know, oh, no, are they going to die from the bomb? The answer is obviously no. Um, But I feel that there was some silly stuff. There was some, like, you know, funny, strange stuff. Honestly... 
like past few episodes, Strange really carried this episode for me. Um, especially when he was getting really, really like kind of manic and scared and trying yeah, to get I out of the building. That. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that was that was fun for me to watch. Um, it's a weird last. I mean, I'm not sure when Corey Michael Smith will be seen again because I know he's going to be a regular on another show. It's a weird last scene for him that like, you know, hey guys, come on, let me out. Uh, the best bits are between Strange and you know, quote unquote Gordon, who's acting. You know, he's basically auditioning. Quote unquote he's Gordon. He's basically auditioning to be like you know Jim Gordon on our podcast. <laughs> and oh, we're saying, oh, uh, that Basil Carlo. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, I thought that was that was that was funny. At the same time, there's been a definite shift in this show, which I hope we'll talk about in terms of the entire season. Where like that was very very arch in a very surprising way. I mean, even when you take into, take into account Butch's uh, rocket launcher and stuff like that. This was really, like, wacky, and um, I liked it because I found it kitschy and funny, but if we're seriously thinking about it, it's like, like, like well, this is kind of stupid. Um, it, I mean, it was fine. Like, like I'm, I'm legitimately puzzled why Gordon continues to be, like, you know, an outlaw because, you know, that's not who the character is. But we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. Overall, I mean, I, it sure was an episode of Gotham. I wasn't upset. I was amused, but I really don't think it was very good. <laughs> what about you, Josh? I had a lot of fun with this episode. Um, there was definite problems that I had with it, but I love, um, you know, I love that most of the main characters were involved in this, and that Lucius Fox, who was, you know, a series regular this year, who, you know, didn't do that much you know, like uh, this season, actually got to be a part of the adventure and be a part of things like disarming the bomb, and just how it reminded me of the end of Spaceballs when like the big ship is about to blow up and everyone is kind of like forgetting, you know, like the the line between hero and villain and like what side they're on and they're just like trying to get off of the ship before it explodes you know and some people are working together and some aren't like <laughs> mr freeze you know like i i don't think he like barely says more than like one or two words he's just like sitting there listening to everyone arguing uh so stuff like that um i enjoy it. and i love strange who's been this very very stoic villain the whole season just like he comes apart at the end and you see him get more and more panicky um, I'm guessing that we're supposed to believe that, you know, the heat counteracted the, uh, you know, the cold and the cold counteracted the heat and that's how he lived. I don't think that would work in real life, but but I think that that's what the show wants us to believe. Basil Carlo was hilarious. Um, shame on Bullock and shame on Alfred for not picking up on it, but I laughed hysterically when, like, Barbara got it within 20 seconds. Uh, <sighs> I have a lot to say about some of the little things with some of the characters. I was disappointed that the season ended and we didn't get like a resolution to the whole uh, Lee Tompkins thing. And maybe there's not supposed to be a resolution. Maybe I'm just, I just have expectations that aren't there. Um, I'm convinced that the miscarriage was a lie. And I was hoping that we would get like kind of a definite answer on that. But that's something that was in my head. And, you know, Marina Baccarin, you know, I guess she's got to enjoy her maternity leave, which I don't hold against her. But I was hoping that we'd get an answer to that and Gordon being a cop again, but we didn't. Uh, I was hoping that more would be done with Fish's reunions with everybody. I don't know why she let Penguin live, and um, I thought that if Butch would see her, he would do more than go, ghost and like Hanna-Barbera run away. But, you know, that that's what they wound up going with. And I remember thinking, like, when there was only, like, one or two minutes left, and it's just the monsters coming out of the bus for, like, two straight minutes, I was like, oh... We're not going to get any of those resolutions, crud. But I, <laughs> the answer is no. 
Yeah, I, yeah. And, and by the way, I totally missed that. Like that was Davi Mazal's Bruce Wayne because I was watching this on my gym treadmill, which has like a little tiny TV, and the way that the lights are reflecting against like the screen, there's a lot of like little details that like you don't pick up. So um, did you, I just did you see it later on somewhere else. I saw some stills on the. I actually thought it was a woman, um, truth be told. And I was like, you know, like, okay, is this woman supposed to be someone important? Who cares, you know? And I was like, well, that was your Gotham season two. See you next year. <laughs> it sure was. Yeah. Uh, Where do we begin? <laughs> so many places to begin. Actually, I, I do want to mention, just because it is one of the first things on my mind, because I, I mentioned it while summing up the episode. What is going on with Barbara? Because she was in her coma, and then, like, oh. when she woke up, she's like, I'm cured. I just needed to sleep. I'm not insane anymore. And she spent that whole episode, like, trying to earn Jim's trust back. And then when he didn't give it to her, she just, like, crashed on, um, you know, Tigress and Butch's couch. And then, like, we find out, like, off screen that Butch kicked her out. But now, like, but then she was she's back. hanging out with, yeah, now she's hanging out with Penguin and Butch, but. It's that whole thing about her being cured and she just needed to be in that coma for a while. Like, it, I feel like she's still supposed to be evil, which means like, what's the point of that? You know, like, they don't the know. Of, of those they don't. Episodes? They don't know. They don't. It, they don't it's know. It's hilarious that you say that because the thing is, I got to, you know when when Barbara showed up at Butch's place in this episode, my first immediate thought was, well, that, that's Penguin's um um parents' house. Oh, is it? Because Butch yeah, was could, there. Could, well, because Butch is still hanging. Because that's another thing. Why is that's Butch? Another, that's another question. Absolutely, yeah. Right, because Butch like says when they were going to kill Galavan, he's like, "We're doing this one thing together. Then you and I are done." Yes, you know. Because brings <laughs> up. Do you remember the, the, one of the previous episodes that I was on? I I brought up the fact that I'm convinced that there's two different writers' rooms, and the writers' <laughs> rooms they don't communicate with each other. And this is just further proof of that. From one episode to the next, you have these these things that are uh, basically contradicting each other. You have one saying, I have nothing to do with you after this. Then the next episode, I'm literally sitting at your house with you staring at the wall because I have nothing to do. Like It was, it it was like... Um, trying to figure out where to put the, the corpse of Penguin's stepmom, which if Barbara Keene was not evil anymore, she would be having serious problems with it. But she's like, oh, I think it ties the whole room together if you put it on the table. Well, there's a scene where, like, like you know, oh, holy crap, you know, Arkham's going crazy. I, 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 I must I must see this for myself. Butch to the car! And Butch is like, you know, yeah, boy, boss. And I just, like, I go to, like, open the door for him. It's, it's like, whoa. At what point was this reestablished? Because last time we saw him, like you said, it's like, you know, after this job, Penguin, we must never see each other again until the very next episode where we retcon this exact conversation. Well, and that whole line that Butch had about kicking Barbara out, if that line hadn't been there, I wouldn't really question her being at the house as much. So, it... it Stuff like that, you know, and, and if she... But, but why Why is Barbara... I, it doesn't make... They've not established why Barbara, like, isn't, like, calling the cops and screaming at the side of a murdered head on the table. Like, like, <laughs> is she good or not? Come on. I guess the writers aren't sure what they want to do with her, because I feel like after that whole maniacs arc where, like, you know, where we thought she was going to die at the end of that episode when she falls from the church, because I thought, you know what, she could die here because her story's been told, because what has she done since then? You know, like, I mean... I, I did Causes love that moment. Everything. With, I did. I did love that moment with her and Basil Carlo a lot. But like, otherwise, like, what you know, what is her role in the show at this point? I don't know. No, I, I, I think that like she really is kind of just there because the writers. I think the writers maybe like the actress and try to give her stuff to do. But 
I, they, I mean, seriously, have her be good, you know, with an edge. Have her be bad with a heart, like. But don't, you know, have her help Jim Gordon one episode. And then, like, you know, a few episodes down the line, she's, like, you know, saying, no, 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 move the head over there. Like, that's, that's, that's dumb as hell. That really is stupid. And they really need – that thing's going to, like, smell and decompose. Like, I'm surprised Butch is even, like, you know, being a part of that. That was really grotesque. And, like, I know that, like, this is Gotham, but, like, it's, it's also, like, not really the Penguin. But the Penguin's so much more of, like, you know, a classy, suave guy that – that no, kind of classes still character. Yet to see, like he, you started to see it when you know Pee Wee showed up and decided to you know try <laughs> to make him you know the better version of himself. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe that maybe this is how he gets to that point. But they killed Pee Wee off so freaking quickly that he couldn't <laughs> get to the point where he wears a bow tie. Do you know how we found out about that? <laughs> no. The episode that, like, Pee-wee first appeared in, Don and I were like, ah, oh, let's read the solicitations for, like, next the, the next two weeks episode. And, like, we had just seen, like, his first episode, and it had, like, the description for, like, two episodes later, and it says, Penguin finds out that, like, his step-family had something to do with his father's murder. And we're like, oh, so Pee-wee's gonna die, and we just met him. And then we found out that, like, Galvin was coming back, like, weeks in advance, and we were both like, What? Yeah, I remember, like, reading the episode description, like, oh, you know, like, go, like Strange sends the revived Gatlin. There's been a lot of spoilers in that, and I was like, they're really bringing Galavan back to life? I, I screamed a little bit. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, And that's another thing, too, was, um, what did you guys think of Butch's reaction to seeing Fish again? On the one hand, it was believable, because he basically was seeing a ghost. And I agree that you want more than, like, you know... Run away, zoinks! Like, that, that's a bit of a letdown, because, like, there's, like, 90 seconds in the episode left. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's believable, but at the same time, it's not, it's not narratively satisfying, considering the last time he saw her, he was, like, his mind was, like, cracked in half, and he was, like, he had a hand in her death, and... Well, he was in tears, and, like, she's like, I forgive you, and, like, he, he loved her. And not romantically, but like he definitely, you know, loved her in some sense. Well, I mean, has he has he mentioned her once in this entire season, though? Uh, yeah, the, he, he and Selena Kyle had like an argument because Selena's like, "Oh, we all know Fish Mooney's coming back," and Butch was like shaking his head. He's like, "Sorry, I was there. She's she's dead. She's she's gone." I, I, I thought he was a lot more like like less torn up about. It. He's, he's like, "No, kid, you're mistaken. I was there." But like, what he, 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 he yeah, he was very like casual about it. Yeah, but he's. Otherwise, I don't really remember him mentioning it. In fact, we were complaining that, like, the scene where he betrays Penguin, like, he should have brought up so much stuff to Penguin, like, you know, fish, but he didn't. He's just like, you <laughs> surprise, I've been working with Galavan all along. And, and Penguin faint. Why did Fish leave him alive? Does anyone have any theories about that, aside from the fact that Robin Moore Taylor is, like, a main cast member? There's a lot because of Peng- problems with the main cast members. You know, they... they Every year, it's funny when they announce who's going to be main cast members. Do you remember it? Harvey Dent! But yeah, Harvey Dent exactly is the one that comes to my mind. Oh, yes, Harvey Dent is going to be one of the main cast members in the second season. What did he appear in? One episode? He's appeared in like two or three episodes. At one point, I was joking with Don because one of the episodes where Gordon's in jail, Bullock is calling Harvey Dent for help, but like they don't actually have Harvey Dent in the episode. You just have like Bullock yelling at a phone, and I was saying to Don, like, Donald Logue is talking to a dial tone right now because like 
they didn't bother to call like Nicholas what's his name in. But it's like with Alan and Montoya last year and everything else. It's like I, you and I could be regulars on like the Gotham show. You don't have to do anything. Lucius Fox was a regular, and in the episodes that he was in the last few weeks, he has done stuff. But like, yeah, and I think ninety percent of the se- but ninety percent of the season, like. He did nothing. Like at one point, Alfred's like, you're going to fix this computer. And then like in the mid-season finale, he comes up from the stairs like, hey, guys, I've been down here this whole time. The computer's <laughs> finally fixed. Like that that was a thing that happened. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's a range between Rene, uh, Montoya and Alec, who did appear in the first half of season one. And then they just never appeared again to Lucius Fox, who appears like sporadically throughout the season once he's made a cast regular to Harvey Dent, who the sum total of his appearances are less than three minutes long in the entire season. He had more appearances in season one when he was, uh, you know, a cast member who just kind of showed up. So it's like, I mean, they can at least change it during the season if they change their mind about using him. And it's not, it's not, it's not even that I'm really excited, but like, it just comes off as the show being stupid. Well, and Alan and Montoya, I've always said, like, they're really loud in their absence because, like, they were the cops who were trying to, like, hold GCPD to a higher standard. And every time Barnes and people are like, oh, we need to, like, you know, why aren't there any honest cops here? And then when Barbara Keene is, like, running around on a murder spree, you know, like, shouldn't Renee Montoya be, like, upset about this? Because, you know, they had a thing. Um, I guess not. Or, like, when she was kidnapped by the ogre, like, shouldn't Renee Montoya have been helping Jim try and look for her? Like, stuff like that. But yeah, it's to be a regular on this show. Like it, I don't know if the contracts work the same way that they do with other shows. But like when you're a series regular, you're paid whether you're like on the in the episode. Yeah, yeah. So like it's an easy paycheck. (laughs) Uh, It's just a shame because when you look at some of the characters that they have made series regulars or had series regulars from like when the first season first started. A lot of those series regulars, they were characters that are ingrained within the fabric of the Batman universe. Christmas Allen, Renee Montoya for the first season were characters that you expected to be in GCPD if you were dealing with GCPD. It made sense. This season, you know, uh, Leslie Tompkins, Harvey Dent, uh, Lucius Fox were all made series regulars for the second season. Uh, the Lucius Fox stuff, when he was in the episodes, I thought his stuff was good. Leslie Tompkins has been MIA since the mid-season finale. And you have... Oh, no, no, no. She, she was she was in some of uh, the second half of the season. She disappeared when Gordon went to jail. Like, the last quarter of the season is when we lost uh, her. Yeah, I guess it was like, yeah, the last third, maybe. Because they had that other weird break after they came back for only a couple weeks. But... Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, you have these characters that should really be, like, the basis of what you do. But yet, you give these focuses on... Uh, and I understand Galvan was kind of the villain for the first half of the se- season. So, like, he needed a lot of focus. And you can't just put the, all the focus on these characters who, in the normal Batman universe, are supporting characters to begin with. But to It's degree, weird, though... I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, was, it's just like think about it in the way where what you know what what are the focus on like Butch is not a character. This character was created for the show. Now I don't have I don't right. care like I don't mind that Butch is on the show. I don't mind that they give him you know screen time. But what are you actually? How are you actually getting to any sort of point where the you know Bruce becomes Batman if these characters that will eventually be a part of Bruce Wayne's life later on are just basically 
chucked to the side and you focus on these other characters, which if you just did that with everybody, that'd be fine. But that's not what everybody's tuning in on Monday nights to see. They want to see the Batman stuff. And, you know, I, I get to a degree they have to have a certain level of, you know, I understand why they kept they started throwing in so many villains, which is nobody's tuning in to Gotham to watch, you know, Balloon Man or The Goat. Like, that, <laughs> like, like season one. We knew you not. mentioned Balloon Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, they're not, they're not doing that. I mean, like, as much as it makes sense to have these, like, low-level villains that make absolutely no sense, that aren't real villains, that's not what people are tuning into Gotham to see. They want to see the actual Batman aspects of the universe and the problem is you're not seeing that if you if you're using these like no name characters that you're just creating for the show. So they have to do Mr. Freeze. They have to have a version of Firefly. They have to do Hugo Strange. They have to do you know, they have to get Riddler to the point where he's already, you know, off the rails and we're still ten years or eight years before Bruce becomes Batman. I mean it just they have to do that because they have to move the show along. They back themselves into a corner by basically casting Bruce Wayne and having him play such a major role on the show. Well, I don't think they have to do certain characters. Like my thing is that it's, it's either, it's an either or scenario. I don't mind characters like Butch or Penguin's mother or whatever being in the show in a major way, but because they have in comparison, actual in major Batman characters that they cast as regulars that don't appear. That's the contradiction. It's like, um, you know, they are doing something with, with Riddler and stuff like that. But don't cast... First of all, I, I, I'm of the opinion that Harvey Dent shouldn't be in the show at all. But they cast him in the show, so he should be in the show. But he doesn't show up. So it's, it's like a double whammy of disappointment when they don't have an idea of what to do. And I, I think it's, it's, it's endemic of a flaw in the conception of the show when they have an idea of how to make a future Batman... Or, you know, a Batman before Batman show. And they flip a coin on which character to care about. Because at this point, you know, I mean, we talked about earlier in the season, Bullock had very few things to do in the first half of the season, which is bad because, like, he's, like, Gordon's best friend or whatever. So it's like, so who does Gordon have? Well, he has this made-up character called Michael Chiklis, you know, and the oh, person who's not, who's not really Leslie Tompkins, but she serves that role of a love interest. It's like, and Barbara Keene, who's also not a character, but, like, we're just going to take this name from the comics and put her there. So why don't they just focus on characters that they come out with and not so much trying to build... You know, the, it's like they're trying to build up to the long Halloween, but Batman's like not even graduated high school yet. Yeah, uh, it's it, another character who was a series regular last season that like was almost never used was Ivy Pepper. She was actually like a series regular who, you know, cameoed this year. Um, you know, and I, I hate to speak ill of like, you know, a child, but like I, I don't think that she was a very good actress. And I think that the producers realized that very quickly. Um, not maybe it's, enough. Maybe it was the way she was playing the character or the way the character was being written. Maybe it's not that person's fault. I mean, I haven't seen her in, like, many other stuff. Uh, well, I think there's a similarity in how every, every character is written except for maybe Bruce Wayne. Because, like, she was basically Selena 2.0. Like, you know, oh, I sure am a whore. She, uh, you know, she, a someone said kid. that she was, like, Holly Robinson. That might have been you. Like, that they might as well have made her Holly. They should have. Because I don't like the idea of, like, Poison I don't care to see Poison Ivy before she goes to college. Because that's, like, there's nothing interesting in that, in my opinion. Well, it's not take take that. that Batman animated series from, like, ten years ago. That Whatever one, what was that one where Poison Ivy and um, Batgirl were, like, BFFs doing terrible Well, they were in college. The I think Batman. they were in college. The Batman. That Batman. Okay, I was trying to remember what it was called. Where, like, you had, like, Ape Joker. 
Yeah. Well, I think that, that, that one was in college, at least. Because, like, in the comics, Gamma Isley is, They like, seem pretty young. They, like, seem, they did seem pretty young, but I remember Stella, like, letting us know. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, like... I can see, like, I don't really understand the reason behind her either, but they don't really have a whole lot to do. And again, it just goes back to, like I was saying, they feel like they have to put in the characters that people will know or can, people can associate. And if you have any sort of question of whether or not you can associate it, they make sure that you understand who it is by dressing them in whatever they dress them in. Dustin, how did you feel about uh, Clayface? <laughs> I'm not real sure. Sh- I'm, I'm assuming, I, like, here's the thing. I don't understand why it needed to be Basil Carlo. I don't know why they needed to say that. They could have just said, you know, hinted at the fact that, oh, we have this new guy and his face is made of clay and just let it, let it be ambiguous. By saying Basil Carlo, I don't understand what the reason behind that was. You know the so fact it's a that clay face. It's, it's a fan service. It's obvious. It, no, I yeah, it, it's fan service, but it's it's the worst kind of fan service because how does he go from doing what he's doing now, where he basically needs this weird helmet on his face to be able to mold his face to someone else? But he, I'm Jim it, Gordon, son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah, he gets punched in the face, and he can, and his face is floppy. He can't control it, like. I don't know if maybe Barbara just, has the, superpowers. I don't know if it's just the effects budget was really low and they just basically were able to make it look like it got mashed, but they couldn't make it, you know, couldn't have him pull it back in or something. I don't know, but it doesn't make any sense because there, he, how does he go from being able to just basically mold his face to hey, he becomes a giant ball of clay later on? It doesn't. I mean, like I guess you could argue. I think it's a starting point. Well, yeah. I mean, because because when he first appeared in the Golden Age, he was just a guy in like a Phantom of the Opera outfits trying to kill. And Julie in the animated series, he mainly just turned into other people before he couldn't control it and turned into that big monster. So I I, I, I don't I see it's a little weird, but I don't question why he's not the big monster and he just kind of looks like no 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 no. Uh, I'm not saying he has to be the big monster. I'm saying he has absolutely no control over what he can become. It's basically I'm this guy who can is like. I've got a face of Play-Doh, but nobody can do anything on <laughs> this machine. Like, it, it, that that's my problem with it. It's not so much the fact that, like, he can't just be a guy. I'm not saying he has to be the giant ball of clay, the giant mud man. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it doesn't make any sense that he is able to be molded, his face is able to be molded, but... He has absolutely no control over it over of himself. I mean, what happens when he puts something liquid on his face? Does it? You know, wh- why wouldn't there be some sort of reaction? Well, you, you see know? that he turns into Ben McKenzie. <laughs> I don't know. It, like, I don't know. It just comes across as like they're trying to do something, but they're they know they're never going to get to the point where he's actually going to be full Clayface. So it doesn't matter. We're just going to throw this character in there. I mean, Clayface is a character. I don't even know what they could do in the movies because he's he's an effect. But like, it's a really bizarre uh, comic book. You, you could do it like Jennifer Lawrence in the X Men movies or uh, Rebecca Romaine. Promote him in all the material and pretend that he's a hero. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> His portrayal of Gordon it reminded me of. Um, uh, Donovan reminded me what this guy's name was, but in the Men in Black movie, that alien that like masquerades as a human but does like a uh, very Edgar. Poor... Edgar, yeah, he reminded me of Edgar. Like just the way he was like walking and talking, and just like his like how he was like a, like a more disgusting, exaggerated version of Gordon. 
and and shame on Bullock for like it looks like Bullock is on him for a second. He's like, huh, remember that season finale where we had like you know Falcone tied up and you called me? What was it you said to me on the phone? And then like when and then when Alfred comes, you know, and finally like Bullock calls him Alfred. He's like, yeah, yeah, Alfred, right, right, uh, that's your name. I don't know. Maybe they went to get a snack. <laughs> and, and Bullock, like Bullock, and and fake Gordon is changing his story on a dime because first he's like strange, you know. He he's he's working for some pretty top level people. Top level people. It's dangerous. But then, like a minute later, he's like, "Oh, strange is clean. Strange is clean." And like nobody is calling him on the story, and it looks like they're about to for a second, but like Wait, they always like. Get distracted from it. But you're missing the point. The whole reason why nobody's calling him on it is because the GCBD is just that incapable of coming to any sort of conclusion to solve anything. But this is Captain Bullock of the G- of the Gotham City Police Department. He he can't detective out that like that that his friend is acting <laughs> completely erratic right next to him when he asks him specific questions and he has the memory of a goldfish until like freaking you know, Butler Pennyworth shows up. He's like, "Oh yeah, Alfred, that's your name." Ah, ah, Alfred. Like he's he's talking like a madman, you know, which is half of what Gordon does in the first place. But uh, you would think that like Basil Carr would just go home and stay away from anybody who knows him, so he could keep his cover. Like, like, why was he sticking around eating Twizzlers? To, to, to make sure that, like, you know, that they don't, like, you know, attack or something, or so he can warn Strange, I guess. Fairly I mean, he's, contrived. Well, and and so he could have sex with Aaron Richards, which, like. Thank goodness she caught on, because, like, even that conversation where he's like, what about Lee? Lee? Oh, oh, Lee Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. Um, screw that bitch. You know, like, <laughs> What doesn't make any sense is how does he even know who it is? Uh, I'm sure Strange gave Maybe him, like, a you know, like, 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 a one-pair, say what? Maybe they had, like, a psych profile on him, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah, you're not going to send, like, someone out into the world as Jim Gordon without giving him, like, a one-paragraph, like, you know. He didn't know anything about Barbara. He basically walks up to Barbara's like, hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I like how she's, she's, like, briefly into it. She's like, oh, so you so, like me again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, what are you, in seventh grade? You like me again? Like... Well, I also, I, also, I also just love um, when we see him again as as Bullock and Alfred are discussing the, the plot line. He's like, you know, wait, you're still here? You don't tell you to go home because I'm Jim Gordon? Like, I love how he clearly Isn't enjoyed it time being... for you to go home? You don't work here. Well, I love that he clearly enjoyed being Gordon despite the fact that he was in no way was Gordon. Although he was in the beginning <laughs> with his whole, like, you know, I'm Jim Gordon, son of a bitch, blah, ha, ha, which is exactly how he's been played in the last 20 episodes. Yeah, to the point where, like, at the end, when Jim's like, goodbye forever. <laughs> hey, is that my car? I'll never forget you, but, like, seriously, that's my car. You're in charge of Gotham now because I have the power to decide that. <laughs> I asked Josh what, what would he do if I did that to him. He said, like, after, like, five minutes, you'd either call me or call the cops. <laughs> well, <laughs> because you're my friend and, like, I don't want you to be arrested, like... It would take me a while to call the cops, but it would be, like, the moment where I realized that, like, you are never coming back and, like, I need my car. <laughs> but, yeah. And also, that, that like, at that moment, he's still, you know, like, he's actually Jim Gordon and not Clayface again because he just committed a crime. Well, <laughs> and and the, sad, the sad thing is, like, this isn't the first time that, like, Gordon has, like, stolen someone's car. And it's not even, like, the first time this month. Like, <laughs> was it just, like, two episodes ago where he did that to another cop? It was it was when um, he had to save Bruce Wayne, right? From from Galavan, uh, yeah, yeah. From, Az- from Azrael. I mean, I mean, also, you know, he he needs a place to sleep. <laughs> Another man's vehicle. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, the whole homeless cop thing. It's so now, you know, he's got a, it's the, the most saddest, despicable thing that they've ever done with a character. Well, yeah, it is. But I mean, you know, going back to Basil Carlo, like re- uh, quickly before we move on, I, j- I do have to say that like that scene with him and Barbara may be my favorite scene of the episode. Like, <laughs> and I, I, lo- I love like how quickly she was able to catch him. I found I found Ben McKenzie legitimately funny. In a way, which you could tell that he was having fun, even though it was it was at a cost of his dignity, because it was such a cartoony script at that point, you could not take it seriously. But it was funny. It it caused at the reality of the show, even even Gotham. But it was pretty funny. Uh, so I'm not sure how I fall on it. Uh, I did like the that we finally kind of got a not a resolution because I complained about the lack of resolution in this, but we we at least got like. Someone finally remembered that, like, Gordon does have, like, a fiancé out there who miscarried his baby. Like, that's finally brought up again by Strange. And Strange does ask him what, like, we've been saying ever since uh, Barnes gave him that card, like, a month or two ago. He finally brought up as though it's been demanding to be mentioned every episode. Uh, Yeah, Barnes gives him a card and says, call your fiancé who miscarried your baby. And then, like, it's – and then he's about to call and then he gets distracted and it's never mentioned again. That was like – I, that I was why he broke out of that. jail. He said, "Like I have to find Glee, so therefore I must like clear my name." And then he well, clears- I, I think you, you and I have been disagreeing all season about like how how much that needs to be referenced. Because I felt that like it was referenced just enough. I mean, yes, the, the needs of the plot demanded to not be put on the sideline, but like I thought that there were always more important things to do, like fight Israel and, and you know make me laugh and then he, make me cry. He gave a suitable answer at least because it's like you know first it's like I'll find Lee after I clear my name, and then it's I'll find Lee after I you know figure out who the Wayne killer is, then it's like, I'll finally, after I take the trash out, uh, I'll finally, when I effing feel like it. (laughs) Jeez, I'll get around to it eventually, Barnes. You know, what are you, some kind of shipper or something? Like, how do you feel about that, Dustin? Gordon, like, abandoning, you know, his... The, sort of the quest for his girlfriend. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Like, the, as soon as he finds out that she lost the, the child, he doesn't attempt to go after her. Nothing happens. He's just kind of like, eh, I'll get around to it eventually. I gotta clear my name. I clear my name. I don't go back to being a police officer. I tell everybody that I'm right? going to go find... I'm gonna go find Lee... And instead, I end up going to Wayne Manor and deciding, hey, I'm going to go work on this case that I've been working on for the last two years instead of going to find my fiance who was pregnant with my child. I mean, I know why Lee wasn't on the last half of the season because she actually was like super pregnant and I think she actually had her kid just in the last couple of weeks. But <laughs> like in real life, that is. But I, I, I don't know. Like there's so many. Like, Can Ben McKenzie's the father. Yeah, yeah, in real life too. That's crazy. There's so many issues with the the idea of of not going after this person who I mean like I understand that he made her mad and she and he told her when he goes to jail, "Don't come find me. Get away from here." blah blah blah. He says all of that. That's fine. But when he gets out and he is like so hell bent on finding her, I gotta find her. I gotta, you know, he talks about her for like the first three episodes. Those episodes where he goes back to, um, you know, f- you know, basically figure out who framed him, and that whole I think it was like two episodes where they deal with Nigma, and you know, and eventually they they have the police surround him, and he's like, oh crap, or whatever he says in the snow which was a little overkill that they had so many people just surrounding this, this one dude. But, um, 
But like, it didn't make any sense that after that happened, he doesn't go after her. Instead, he decides he's going to go talk with uh, Bruce. I don't, I don't even know how. I can't even recall how it came about. Other than the only thing I can, the only explanation I could come up with was procrastination. That, yeah. Well, well, that's <laughs> not even what I was going to say. I was going to say the the that Bruce was, that that Bruce finally figured out who the philosopher was. It was that before that, though, because like, didn't um. Was was the matches Malone thing before or after Gordon went out of jail? No, that was before. That was definitely yeah, it before. Was before, but he okay. knew the philosopher, and then all of a sudden, Lucius Fox randomly says, "Hey, look at this picture," and he shows the picture, and then the caption says, hey. "Philosopher." Hey, Lucius Fox is like, "I haven't been here all season, but let me solve the Wayne murders for you, which you've been trying to do for like you know years." The one thing that well, I think the sequence super- of events was the, the Mr. Freeze thing. Then it was Matches Malone for an episode. Then it was the Riddler stuff. Then once once Gordon was out of prison, then they went to like you know the whole philosopher Hugo Strange is the guy thing. Well, and and Dustin was talking about the whole like you know two separate writers room things that was totally happening with the Lee thing because Gordon's like forget me, don't call, don't write, forget me, you'll never see me again. And in the next episode, he's like, why isn't Lee writing me? Like, what's her problem? Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> the dead baby you put in her. <laughs> wow. It makes it sound like he legitimately like put a dead baby in her. But what did you think of that scene with like him and Strange? Where like Strange does say like you know let me take away like all your anger, and then like Ben McKenzie talks in a normal voice like for the first time since the pilots. It was shocking. Um, I, I, honestly, at this point, it's really hard for me to tell when he is having his normal voice. Um, I had you know Ka the snake from Jungle Book uh, jokes in my head. Uh, there was apparently like weed smoke all around the the, the room. Um, but it was interesting to me, like, cause like strange, I'll be honest, like, like, like seriously with strange, I really am not sure, you know, I know that he's working for the court of violence by this point, but I'm really not sure what he's doing half the time. Like, I know that he wanted to know what they knew, but it also felt like he was a kind of like, just like playing with Gordon. It was just kind of curious to, to talk to he Jim went, Gordon. He went to like great lengths to like find out what they knew. It was really weird. Yeah, and then he had, like, like, over there, Edward Nygma's, like, you know, doing his full-on Frank Gorshin impression. Yeah, yeah well, well, why, why didn't they just give that, that like, same truth serum to, like, um, Bruce and Lucius? Why did they not kill them? I guess because you can't kill Bruce Wayne and like, you get away with it? No. Oh, because um, uh, Strange has that, like, um, affinity for Bruce Wayne. They talked about, he, he and Peabody talked about that last episode, and she was giving him a hard time. Although I do wish that, like, this episode, it's... We've never actually heard Strange like say, "Yes, I was the one that like hired Matches Malone to kill the right, right. He, it's, it's all about implication and, and inferring. But Strange never, and Strange definitely has something to do with it. But he he never like says, "I sure did shoot the wings or hire Matches yeah, Malone." Which to do it. which bothers me because like I'd really like them to like put a ribbon on this and make this be over so that way like. You know, we could kind of move on. I don't want this over our heads like, ah, oh, now we have to find out who hired Strange. And which, like, which actually is almost what happened at the end of, like, the episode. Alfred's like, well, must have be, you know. We sure had two seasons of adventures, and now they're all over. Ah, oh, but Alfred, look, The Court of Owls, season three. Oh, bloody hell. Selena, help me out here. Hey, <laughs> I still show too. you for punching me in the face. Exactly. <laughs> It tastes like tea. <laughs> no, no it, was, it was when she was sipping the tea. She's like, mm, this tea tastes like a punch in the face, doesn't it, Alfred? Uh, quite, <laughs> quite, 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 quite right, Miss Kyle. 
<laughs> that was the days where Silver Saint Cloud was evil, which like that feels like a season ago, but that was only like six months ago at this point. I'm trying to figure out on, on, at what point do we analyze next because it's been I mean, th- this episode feels like you know the storyline in it, but I, I don't, what major thing in this episode happened besides all the characters not dying? Indian like, Hill major- is is over like that thing that's been around since like season one mysteriously. Josh, like, do you really care about that though? <laughs> I, I mean, technically, yes, it is. It is a thing, but like, I don't really care. Was, I care about the last season because it was like a plot thread that was dropped that like no one ever like did anything about. Like Penguin and like Falcone whispering about Indian Hill, and then when Penguin's about to get like killed by Maroni, he's like, "Don't you want to know the secret of Indian Hill? Uh, the secret of Indian Hill is like Hugo Strange is like mutating people and bringing them back from the dead." You know, now we I, guess, I guess Fish Mooney is definitively out on the streets now with you know a new New Fifty Two by Canary costume and superpowers. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was wondering when like she did nothing last episode if enough she would do enough this episode to justify her returning. But I guess like they're setting something up for her in season three. I don't know if she'll be a regular again. Oh, I don't think she'll be a regular. I think what's going to happen is she'll just show up when it's convenient for them to have, you know, a three-episode arc or something like that, because now that she's not dead and she's just kind of, like, walked into the city, she can be not around and not present for multiple episodes and just reappear whenever they need her to. Like she's Harvey Dent. Yeah, like Harvey Dent and every other series regular, so she'll be a series regular, and we'll see her three times. You know? <laughs> for three minutes each. Yeah. <laughs> What 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 was interesting to me is I was thinking why would she leave Penguin alive and one thought that occurred to me is because she hates him so much for like all that stuff that happened maybe she'll use her powers to kind of like make him her slave you know Purple Man Jessica Jones style just without all the rape because ew that would be weird because I, I guess well, she she kind of is the Purple sure. Man except she has to touch you well I feel like to me I remember last season I'm trying to remember. I thought that she didn't die because we never saw her body. And what? Then they her bo- I'm trying to... Uh, uh, we had a bet. Yeah. I, said, I said she was alive. You said she was dead. You, you okay, said that if she was dead, I owed you money. <laughs> okay, I forgot. I forgot. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you at Comic-Con. But I feel as though the writers feel that, like, they never really wanted to, like, solidly get away from her. Because I feel that the writers genuinely like her as a character. Or maybe it was just the actress thing. Because I do like Jennifer Smith in the role. So I feel like... The, they wanted to bring her back and put her out in the air so they could bring her back in whenever they wanted with a more interesting role because clearly the gangster stuff wore itself out fast, like season one of Batman Beyond. So they want to do a lot more supernatural stuff now. But I, it seems as though with the oncoming of, you know, the Batman number one uh, plot with the, the giant monster man, uh, Batman and, or uh, Bruce and Alfred need to build a, a gigantic biplane. All while, all while solving the mystery of, you know, who was the Mad Hatter, the guy who's obsessed with hats in Alice in Wonderland. And it doesn't strike as a very compelling lead off into the next season because it's sort of continuing the going to be the next forensic scientist that replaces Nigma. Well, the touch, I feel, is... I like the Mad Hatter half the time, and the other time... Because I remember Ed was talking about this on BTO this, that, that came out this week at the time of this recording. Like, half the time, he's a very disgusting character. Because there's a lot of like like very unsavory implications considering the character he's based off of and that character's writer, but also generally speaking, I mean he can, I mean he has mind control. He can be a very skeevy guy, but he also be very creepy and effective and entertaining. And I don't really trust this show to like err on the side of positive in terms of certain characters. I mean, it took them a long time for me to like for me to like 
Riddler in the show. Because for a long time, I hated Riddler. But I did like him by the end of it. So, I think that, like, they're going to continue to sell the show on seeing the villains. Oh my god, it's the Mad, Mad Hatter, you guys. And there's not going to be much character development. I mean, there was, a, there was character development with Gordon, but it was in a way which I didn't care for. And after a, after a point, they just stopped developing his character. I think he's he's completely stagnant, as evidenced by him robbing his friend of his vehicle and provoking <laughs> him a, a ride home. Um, so bullet bullet called Uber. I don't know. I just, I'm not well, even sure I, what I'm saying. Aside from like waiting for Gordon the Collie, I was also waiting for him to like you know rejoin the police force, like he was offered to do, and like he's like no. Nah, don't you want to solve the police force to, like, you know, find the Wayne killer? He's like, no, I'll do that better as a lawless vigilante, you know, like with a crowbar. Are they going to bring back Barnes? Are they going to bring back, like, Tabitha? That was another thing, because it's like you're in charge of the GCPD now. It's like Barnes is in critical condition, but, like, he's not dead. Like, Or is he? And the writers just don't know. (laughs) Michael Chiklis is, like, you know, negotiating his contract right now. Why can't they figure that out? It's it's, It's a yes or no decision. Money. <laughs> Michael Chiklis wants like you know more roles. He wants his own spinoff, like you know, but like uh, where he co-stars with I don't know, like who's someone on the show who hasn't done anything in a while? I guess Harvey. Alvarez. Dent, like, it's like <laughs> yeah, Barnes. Yeah, Barnes and Harvey Dent are gonna are gonna get their own spinoff where they open a restaurant, you know. But uh, I don't, there has to be some sort of a twist. The restaurant's on an ancient Indian burial ground, so like the food is haunted. You know, can these two guys, you know, make it while getting along with each other? And what about mates? what about Mister Freeze and Firefighter? I mean, we assume that they escaped. Where did they go? Because they're basically working for Hugo Strange because they're quite because they crazy. Like I don't know. I guess there's, there's a around. lot of there's a lot of things. Think about it like this: How many characters have either been stabbed and presumed to be murdered or dead? But they never actually confirmed that the character was dead. But they never followed up on the character ever again. Tabitha too. Tabitha, Barnes. They did the same thing with characters who just like randomly walked off screen, and did they ever come back? I mean, like Falcone. Yeah, Falcone. uh, They did it this season with Fish Mooney to a degree. She's you know she's walking off, and who knows when she's coming back? But I mean, like they've done this a bunch of different times where it, I, I, it's like they want to leave things open, but they're not doing it in a way where. It makes sense for the story. It's just like, well, this character is not around for the time. It's like they taper off. It's, it's like the characters are just, um, you know, like once, once they don't know what to do with them, like, oh, they're gone, but they could be back at any moment. Isn't that exciting? Well, I guess um, um, Freeze and Firefly weren't on that bus, so maybe they were arrested with Strange and presumably the dehydrated Peabody. Because... So, because the only people who escaped were the people on the bus, which apparently they could okay, Everyone escaped except for Strange, and Strange, he, was just, he was just put in the backseat of, of a paddy wagon or a, a, a hey, police car. Enigma hey, was still in jail. Um, I don't know when Firefly and Freeze would have gotten out because they made a point to only show, like, the bus. And then, like, by the time that, like, you know, all that stuff was happening and Strange and, and uh, Freeze and Firefly would have had time to get away, the cops were already there. Grant, well, we didn't I mean, see the cops arresting anybody. I mean, I mean, we saw them arrest Strange. She's like, "Please, you don't understand. That bell cannot be unrung." Ding, 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 ding. Oh God, please ding. don't. <laughs> and then we see like the painting in Strange's office, and it's and it's now upside down. 
because uh, the the court of and it's like an owl symbol or something. And there's a deleted scene with it with a monster that the internet wants to believe is Steppenwolf, but actually isn't because he has nothing like him. But never mind. <laughs> BVS, that was a thing. <laughs> the the Bruce Wayne clone that I totally missed. Yeah, okay. Uh, My wait, thought was because it's. Because it's a court of owls, is that like you know owl man like in the comics? So what do you think, Dustin? I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's supposed to be Thomas Wayne. When I watched the episode, I watched it with my son. He was like, "Is that Bruce Wayne?" I was like, "No, I'm pretty." How old's your son now that, that he's able to articulate that? He's he's going to be six in August. Holy! Oh, yeah. It's it's been that long, um, but. I when I saw when we saw him, I was thinking, well, I guess they're going the route of this is supposed to be Thomas Wayne from the Court of Owls storyline. That's the only thing that makes sense because in that story, Thomas Wayne, you know, he is dead but is brought back by the court. So I'm guessing that that was the intent of this is like this is the uh, dead twin brother of Bruce Wayne. And I'm thinking, like, what a pile, what a can of worms they're opening if this is actually what they're doing. Like, nobody is going to know what the heck they're talking about with this. My father kept secrets, like my twin brother. (laughs) Well, and and then we'll have, like, another, like, uh, switching places episode where, like, this this Bruce Wayne, like, you know, cuts his hair and, like, you know, stuffs our Bruce Wayne in a closet and, like, goes to, you know, school or not school, pretending to be him and, like, fakes it for Alfred. Yeah, like, it'll oh. basically be like a Tommy, with uh, Tommy Elliot. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Elliot in the future. Oh, yeah, wow. Streets of Gotham. Yeah. Oh, Master B, what is it that you want from me, your butler, Alfred? Alfred, yeah, yes, yes, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> That's your name. <laughs> and Selena you didn't like, say it, I would have forgot. <laughs> Selena Cow comes in, hey, kid, I'm, I'm just here to tell you again that I don't care about anyone but myself, and I was never on your side. Who are you? Oh, that was so really you- annoying when she did that. <laughs> she, said, I, 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 she did that again this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I, I have you wrapped around my little finger. Why are you telling me this now? There's a bomb in the building. <laughs> well, and I like Bruce. Like, didn't have any time for that. He's like, I really could care less about like, and I'm not fooled by this anymore. Well, just saying, you know, kid, it's always been about me. And then, like, Gordon on True Serum's like, Bruce, I never should have made that promise. This conversation again. <laughs> well, it's also I feel that like it it tried to call back to the mid season finale when Bruce like totally had Selena like you know saying oh senpai when he was like flirting with her in a very Batman kind of way but we've not seen that since and I feel that like if they had not seen each other uh, since that moment it would have a lot more of an effect when she said that but like 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 Gordon this, this stupid promise that felt bafflingly out of place this really wasn't a very good episode was it <laughs> like, I, I, I had fun I liked Lucius Fox and Gordon like you know disarming the bomb I liked you know uh, Basil Carlo I liked uh, I, I like Strange like running away from fish like, like just being very very you know his usual like oh, I'm in control here but then like his body language breaking down as fish like holds out her finger like all she has to do is touch him and he's like oh, 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 I'll kill you oh. yeah, it's, 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 like, my dear I love you like a daughter but I'll kill you if you'll get out of my way and then she like you know Jada Pinkett Smith like blinks and he's like run away Peabody she's got cooties <laughs> Peabody what, yeah, what, P- who, who elbowed her in the face was it was it was it uh, oh Strange and Peabody like fought at one point um, when they yeah, were oh Strange did it and like he, he like he, yeah it was because Peabody her. was yeah it was because Peabody was controlled by the mind control or the the whatever the power the of the cuttlefish 
<laughs> like, um, Fish Mooney has fish powers now, and everyone knows that fish can control people, I guess. Yeah. For, for yes. Christ's sake. <laughs> they're, they're banking that somebody watched uh, Jurassic World with B.D. Wong and made the connection. Was B.D. Wong in Jurassic World too? Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was the Asian doctor. Yeah. I'm not going to that movie and I know that. Wait, oh my god. Don't... Is this happening to me again? Where like, was he Henry Wu in the first Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are all movies you're seeing? <laughs> General Strange. Henry yeah. Wu. Yeah. General Strange. Yeah, I, I found out like halfway through the season that like he was the general from Mulan. Like Don told me, and I was like, he was, which is why we did that song parody, you know, a few weeks ago. No, 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 no. don't don't tell him why. He doesn't need to know. Why. <laughs> It was on his his website paid to host that, you know, like song parody. I mean, he deserves to know why we did it. <laughs> there, are some, there are some things that are too dangerous for men to. His listeners are being subjected to it, you know. I mean, hey, I don't. I, I'm not getting any complaints, so I just, I just, I just roll with it. Like, what, what's next? Am I going to find out that like Ben McKenzie was Aladdin this whole time or something? Like, <laughs> what a weird. A whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. Uh, okay, so we talked about Bruce Clone. We talked about uh, I don't know if you guys don't have anything from like the actual episode, you know, to discuss. We we can you know talk about the fact that season two is over and like you know and rating it. Real quick, do we have any comments on the past episodes to to bring up? No one's given us any comments in a while, which is really disappointing. Oh, no, no, that that's not true. Weird. You did get a you did get a, a, a comment just last week. You should check it out. It, it basically tells you that uh, they will no longer be listening to your your show. Is that oh, you? Okay. No, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's see. All right, let's see. Who hates us this week? Okay, guy. <laughs> I was happy to find your podcast because I love Gotham. After 10 minutes of you guys laughing at the show, I decided to turn it off. I think if you're going to <laughs> Understandable. I think if you have a podcast on the Batman Universe website, you should talk more about the good things. You guys do a great job, but it's just not for me. Uh, you know what? I, I thought that if... I thought that, that was kind of polite. You know, he said we do a great job, but, like, this isn't for him. He doesn't say you guys suck. He says, like, this isn't the type of thing I would listen to. So, uh... Guy. Yeah, that's at no point is he even kind of wrong. I mean, like he, he didn't say that we were haters or we sucked. He said that we laughed at the show. And are you going to deny that we do? Okay, yeah. <laughs> when you have Basil Carlo pretending to be Gordon, saying maybe Bruce and Alfred are getting snacks. When you have um, Gordon stealing Bullock's car. When you have Asriel being like the former mayor of Gotham, getting blown up by a bazooka. We're gonna laugh at the show, okay? Yeah. This isn't this isn't Breaking Bad. This yeah, isn't, and, the, and, and this just comes back to like I was saying earlier. It, the show is has decided that there's no way that they can provide a quality show that they can they can keep fans around for, or keep not necessarily fans but viewers because there's plenty of uh, comic fans that gave up on the show a long time ago, but. There's no way that they can keep viewers week in and week out if they don't figure out some way of incorporating these other characters that people are tuning into a show called Gotham to see. And there's no way to do that without it being a little campy in some way, shape, or form. And, it, you know, like, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that it's like that. I'd prefer if they just said, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We're going to turn this into a straight Gotham procedural, and it's going to be... You know, like Law and Order, Gotham City, and that's basically the gist of it. I'd be okay with that. I would be okay if they said, "Hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We're going to completely 
do a uh, you know hundred eighty degrees, and we're gonna make it uh, you know like Gotham Central, or we're gonna change it, and we're gonna we're gonna say you know we're gonna take the 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 uh, cheap way out and say hey at the beginning of the third season it was all of a dream. it's all gonna say five years later ten years later whatever and we're just gonna jump straight into the stories of Batman we need Dobby Mazaz to become Batman he really wants to do it and I would feel bad for him if he was robbed but I think the problem is like they they said that they had every intention of having him be Batman by the end of the show's run and they hope to have like 10 seasons. That's what they said at the very beginning of the first season. The problem is, and I will say he does look old, much older than he did at the beginning of the first season. And that scene where his parents get killed, he looks a lot younger than he does now. And it's only what a year and a half since they or two years since they, they fell well, and, pilot. and pilots are filmed like much earlier than the rest of the seasons are. Yeah. Cause I, if I remember correctly, the pilot was filmed the they this show started at the fall of 2014 Fourteen. and they filmed the pilot i believe in march cuz i remember reporting uh the set pictures of the the pilot back in like march which makes so sense like, cuz we saw it in july two years. yeah so it was it, it was basically like 2 years ago and for 2 years later he does look much older because he looked really young initially during those you know in the in the original pilot so you know Great on him for Judy. that. I don't. I don't know how well they're going to do. You know, I. I don't know that this show can make it as long as it is. It doesn't have, like, it's not a network where the network doesn't necessarily care as much about ratings as some of the other networks. I mean, look at CBS with Supergirls. They just basically said it's not worth the trouble. We're shifting you over to CW, and your budget's going to be cut in half almost immediately. But. Basically, you know, the, there's a lot of other networks that like legitimately care about what their ratings are for shows where there's shows that are getting canceled that have amazing ratings compared to other networks like the CW and Fox. So Fox has a little bit lower standard when it comes to what they air and, you know, what the uh, viewership needs to be in order for them to continue to renew the show. That's also probably why Gotham keeps getting renewed so early in comparison to most other shows that are on television is because it's, 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 I think I, I read something that said it's like the second highest rated show on Gotham week in, week oh, out, not, not including, um, uh, sports events or, you know, live events and things like that out of all of the, 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 the televised, running shows that they have Gotham is the second highest rated show on their network which for them there's no reason for them to stop uh, making the show of course unless the show gets so bad that advertisers just don't want to pay money and then they end up eating a bunch of uh, horrible uh, they end up having to uh, basically shut down shop because they can't sell ad space to pay the licensing fees that they're probably paying out the rear end to Warner Brothers to have the Batman characters, but yeah. I mean, that that person whose name was Guy on the website who, you know, says that we were laughing at the show, as much as we laugh at the show, I enjoyed um, the Matches Malone episode very, very much so. I enjoyed um, the episode where Riddler frames uh, Jim Gordon very much. There's the show will do silly things and I will laugh at the show and I will demand that the show be held to a higher standard when it does ridiculous things like the death of Nora Freeze. Uh, but, you know, 
for me, the show, and this is what I've said to Don, the show is not like a lost cause for me because they still do like, you know, very entertaining episodes. And, you know, my favorite episode of the series Penguin's Umbrella, that wasn't like five years ago. You know, that was only last year. And even though they haven't gone back to quality that good, they've done enough good episodes like the Magic Show episode from the beginning of the season with Jerome and uh, Galavan and Barbara Keane. Like there's been enough good episodes, you know, in between the bad ones that I'm still giving the show, you know, a passing grade and, you know, giving it a chance going forward. And anytime you and I've said this before on this show and in other places that anytime you get into like a long running show, like someone says, Oh, you have to watch walking dead or breaking bad. What's one of the first things that someone tells you when you binge a show, they say, now it takes about a season or two for things to get good. But you know, once it does, you're really going to love it. When I first started watching heroes, I remember Dustin telling me actually, like he says, once you get to season two, it's going to get really, really bad. But then like, you know, season three gets good again. Yeah. Season two was bad of that show. Yeah, yes, it was. Huh? But season three was awesome. That sh- the downfall of that show was season two because so many people left that show after season two. They couldn't get the viewers back, even though season three was really good. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I completely see your thing. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of shows, like, if you come onto the show late, there are, you know, there's hiccups. I have no problem saying I watched Walking Dead in season one and I completely despise that show. I still don't watch it to this day because I gave up after the first season because it was moving such at a snail pace that I just decided I can't deal with this. Like, I need stuff to happen. I can't have an entire episode just staring at these people sitting at a campsite and not doing anything. It's boring. It's boring. <laughs> not it's, much has changed. Yeah, no, I know. Because my wife still watches it and she tells me about what happens. And I'm just like, yeah, I know that there's no way that I could watch this show. Uh, I want to I add in on the conversation at this bit because while I agree that, like, the first couple of seasons of a show definitely set up the metric for, you know, its potential, I think that there should be a defining identity that hooks people in, like the general hook, where you can say, you know, oh, well, th- this thing from, from the start. And I've, I've seen a lot of DC shows this year. Like um, today, I was on a podcast recording our thoughts on the first season of Legends of Tomorrow, which I can say for surety is a worse show than Gotham. Gotham has a lot more of an engaging, weird element towards it, which which I don't think Gotham is well-written, but it's not, it's not lazily written. Um... I think, though, that uh, what I think is the show's problem is that if even if they're uh, coming up with things for the entire season, like Danny Cannon told us uh, almost a year ago about Mr. Freeze and Azrael, and I remember hearing the quarter vowel was a long time, excuse me, a long time ago, and the show's uh, sequential storytelling feels like it's very week to week, and it doesn't feel like it leads into anything. It doesn't feel like it's having this overarching destiny besides Bruce Wayne being Batman. It doesn't feel that like there's this overarching like narrative of someday this will be the thing, rather than just like these these kind of like cutesy lines or Robin Lord Taylor staring weirdly into space when uh, when Davi Mazzaz walks past him. And when you compare to shows like Flash or Supergirl, where this concept, where, where there's this there's this concept of we have this identity, we're sending this across, but someday something's going to really happen. That feel it's, it's a combination of working with what you enjoy in the here and now and expectations for the future. And with Gotham, it feels like they're throwing as much as many comics as they can find against the wall. Um, I don't have a problem with them doing some characters, but other characters, it's just like, 
what is really the point? Like, what is the point of, you know, doing Scarecrow in season one? Or having, uh. I completely uh, forgot about him. Yeah, but that's, that's a bad thing. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't have the entire, the entire library of Batman's Rose Gallery just show up when Batman doesn't even know how to drive yet. I mean, what is the point of doing that? Because, I've said this before, if you have a, a show about Jim Gordon as a cop, and he's fighting these supervillains, there's no point for Batman to show up if Jim Gordon's going to beat these supervillains. And the whole conceit of the Batman comic book history is that Jim Gordon cannot defeat these villains because Batman's a superhero. He's the world's greatest detective. He's the one that can beat these villains. That's, the whole, that's what Long Halloween was all about. So just either make a Gotham Central show where you have Batman, but it's all about the cop's perspective, or have it be about Jim Gordon. And I understand, like, you know, if you just have a Jim Gordon cop show, at the end of the day, that's not all that interesting to watch. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot when they made, like, you know, this half-assed Smallville thing. Um, but I think that, like, this season, compared to last season, it's a lot more ambitious. It's weirder. Um, it's a lot more... I feel, I feel that, like, the stakes have really kind of increased. So it was definitely a lot more watchable. And I'll say, this this is definitively better than season one. I think season one was a lot more slapdash, whereas this one, it def- the plans, how little they were, were definitely apparent on the, on the screen. At the same time, though, they still don't feel like those plans would work in a long-term scenario. It's like, okay, they, they were building up, you know, how they're going to use Galavan throughout the whole season. But that's not like, you know, but that's still not like, you know, it was a good story at the end of the day. Just because they thought about it for 12 months doesn't mean that, like, that makes it a good story. Um, I'm having fun with the show because I like laughing a lot with Josh. But that's not because I respect the show and I enjoy it on, on, a, on a serious level. I mean, Josh keeps on bringing up Tanger's Umbrella. And that, that was that was a well-written episode, but Penguin's Umbrella, at least for me, that doesn't really keep it above water for a year's worth of storytelling and consistent nonsense. Well, then look nonsense. at the other ones that you liked, like Knock Knock and um, the Matches which one was, Malone episode. Which one was Knock Knock? The Death of Sarah Essen. That was a very that, that that to me was like the best episode of the season. But I mean, like, compa- how many episodes has Gotham has as a show? As a show? Like 40, 44? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it'll be 40. It's 44 now, yeah. And, like, my favorite episodes come up to, like, maybe three. I mean, there are definitely episodes that I enjoy. There are definitely episodes where I think, you know, is is entertaining. I mean, I don't want to say that, like, it, it's week after week of, like, the worst thing ever. Because Legends of Tomorrow exists. But at the same time... Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, that's really not a good show. <laughs> I actually but, love that show. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you probably shouldn't listen to it uh, when it comes out in July. Uh, but, um... At the same time, like, there's a lot of stupid stuff that still happens, like, 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 week to week to week. And I feel that, like, yeah, we laugh. I think we laugh at it because we can afford to laugh at it because we know the extent of the Batman history that, like, seeing what they're changing is amusing to us. But I feel that, like, whatever you can say about the character, his, his mythology is rich enough where you can take it seriously. And while this is kind of a joke of a show and we're finding enjoyment from it, I don't want to get across the idea that, like, it's a show necessarily worth saving because I really don't feel that like they have enough of, of an idea of it besides there's 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 definitely a, an element of this show will write, will write will write itself that I think retards its progression into hitting serious potential I mean this show needs to have a season that that's 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 consistently great not just one good episode here one one bad episode here you know a topsy-turvy it's, it's got to really stick its foot in the ground and define itself and it's not. And like, and as a result, Jim Gordon's character was just crucified throughout the entire show. I mean, like, 
we were, we were hating him for like much of the mellow time of it. And they didn't fix the Gordon. They did. We just, they just made it funnier. They just doubled down on how bad he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, like, I, I feel, I feel that like, I mean, I, I don't like necessarily, you know, I mean, you guys have heard me on the comic cast. I don't like being a negative guy, but at the same time, I feel that like for my voice to have value, I got, I got to portray what I think is real. And as much as like, I think Josh puts up with all that stuff and he says, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Why can't they remember certain characters? Why can't characters show, just show up when they cast in the main? Like, shit like that, that's, that's really not hard to do. And I think that's, that's just that's endemic to the lack of care and thought that goes into the show because Batman's popular and also. And I feel that, like, I'm not listening back to, like, last season's finale podcast episode, but I feel that, like, I'm saying the same things uh, one year later. Because you are. Because it is the same exact thing. I mean, the thing is, I didn't mind the the first half of the first season. Like, I didn't think it was bad. I enjoyed Penguin's Umbrella. I thought, like, there was some sort of payoff for watching those first, you know, whatever, eight episodes or whatever was the first part of the season. Um, you know, I, I didn't mind that. When they got into the second half of the season, they basically had to come up with a bunch of episodes very quickly because the show went from being expected to only have 13 episodes to suddenly being or having to have 22, and they needed to quickly add nine more episodes to make a full season. They, they, you could already see that they were starting to do certain things like these these weird arcs, and I don't know why they choose to do this, but it really bugs me when they do these like three episode arcs, these five episode arcs, like. The, the Maniacs, they, they, what was that? Like the first five episodes of the second season was the Maniacs. They had last At least season, three, yeah. Yeah, they had the Ogre, which was three episodes. Like, I don't know if they're trying to do this to like somehow pull similarities to the fact that comic books have three issues, uh, three issue arcs or what. I don't know if there's supposed to be some sort of like similarity to that and that's why they're, they're doing it. But it's really annoying when some of those arcs don't connect well to the arc that comes right after it. This season did a little bit better of a job of connecting those arcs, but at the same time, like, I completely agree with Don. I mean, like, this show is not worth saving. I'd rather see this show get canceled and the show just end up not existing at all or someone coming along and saying, hey, we can make a Batman show that's a hell of a lot better than that crap was. And I've said this since, like, probably day one of ex- the the Batman Universe podcast existing and having any sort of you know wor- you know words spoken on a podcast but i really think it would be cool to see a hbo series that deals with bruce wayne during the time that he you know travels the world and trains you could have you could have amazing things happen because it's hbo it can move at a little bit slower of a pace but you know you have like five seasons or something of a show where he's traveling the world for five five years and he's learning all these different skills that would be cool this show if it ever gets to the point where david mazuz leaves the show or he leaves gotham and he goes and he starts traveling either they're going to have to focus solely on that aspect alone and leave everything else that they've created for all of these seasons in gotham alone you know by itself or it won't matter at all because why would they randomly show uh, him over in, you know, Nepal, you know, learning, you know, Tibetan? Same reason why we showed Fish Mooney on an island for like five episodes. Because, Well, that was because they have they have to do something with these people that they're paying. Fish Mooney, I think Jada Pinkett Smith was getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. And because of that, 
and because of that, there there was uh, no way of uh, having her not appear on the episodes. I mean, there's different ways to show Bruce traveling, and they have years before they have to do it. But one is, you know, cutting to him like traveling, and then or just doing like what Smallville did, where like you know Clark would like disappear. For he the trains summer. in a fortress of solitude. Yeah, like like the end of like season eight, Bruce is like, well, I'm off to Paris. And then like beginning of season nine, he's like, well, I'm back from Paris. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, Selena. Hey, kid. Hey, kid, I just came here to tell you that I don't care about you and I never did. Oh, this shit again. OK, whatever. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to go back to like my sexual tenant, at least in terms of this season. The season was better. It was a lot more entertaining. I I really like Beauty Wong and Seagull Strange, but I feel that, like, it still needs uh, a definitive Batman identity, and just having the characters doesn't give it that. Like, I'm going to do this a lot, like, The Flash. The Flash isn't just, like, the 90s show, where, like, it was a Flash guy in a, in a costume fighting bad guys. They involve the Speed Force. They involve uh, characters that are interested to Barry Allen. They involve a supporting cast. Like, Gotham does that, too. Like, they involve things from the Flash mythology to make it a Flash show and not just a show with a guy with super speed. Whereas this one, it's, I mean, it's hard because Batman really makes Batman's story a Batman story. So I mean, maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's because if you have a story of the characters but not Batman, maybe that is the, the weak link. It feels no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's at all. I don't think that's it at all. I think the problem is that the reason why this show is failing is because... They're basically in, in, in uncharted territory. There hasn't been very many stories from the time that Bruce has been, you know, Bruce's parents are killed to the time he becomes Batman that have actually, that actually exist. So all they have to work on is anything that exists, but it's all after he becomes Batman that these stories exist. So they're pulling from stuff that's at the wrong time of Bruce's life. That's the problem. You know, if, if Bruce was, Batman, and they were using the exact same villains. I don't think we'd have it uh, have any problem whatsoever. If Jim Gordon was as incompetent as he is shown on this show right now, I don't think we would have a problem with it because Batman's there to save the day. But Batman's not there. Maybe the whole point of Gotham is to show how Jim Gordon is a worthless detective, and that's why Batman has to exist. I don't know, but the, the problem is that that's basically what's coming across is the like. I love The Flash. I enjoy Arrow. I don't think it's as good as Flash. I didn't mind Supergirl. I thought that it could done it could have done a, a better job. I enjoy Legends of Tomorrow to a degree because it's so out there and it has no problem introducing a variety of characters. But and Captain Cold. And Captain Cold. He's yeah. That's that's really the best part. It was a downfall that he's not going to be on the the season full time next next year. But nonetheless, the thing is, like, I like these other shows, and I think. Inside of Warner Brothers themselves, they are also knowing that this show is not too par with these other shows. And the reason I say this is because every Monday, there is a episode of DC All Access that releases that Uh-oh. focuses on the TC TV shows that are coming out that specific week. Since, uh, I believe, March, when the show first came back from the mid-season hiatus, they have not once, not once... Mention Gotham as one of the DC shows that is coming out. Now, this is a uh, video that is produced by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is the ones who are distributing it as well. 
And they don't mention Gotham. The only time they've mentioned Gotham is just this past week for the season finale. They did like a 30-second thing, where, which basically was them reading the synopsis for the episode saying, Fish Mooney's back, bad things are happening, tune in tonight to see the finale. That was the extent of them even mentioning the show. But week in and week out, they talk about Flash. They have interviews with the, the, the cast members from Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. They, they embrace all of these other shows. But when it comes to Gotham, it's like they don't give two craps. And it only comes down to, like, they realize that the, the show has gone off the rails so badly that they have decided just to completely ignore it. Actually, when when you say the show's gone off the rails, like one of the co-hosts of DC All Access, Jason Inman, he hated the show from the pilot. Maybe hate's a strong word, but like before he got hired by DC and he had his own channel, he did like a video like on Gotham's pilot. And he complained that like they weren't arresting the Riddler and um, and that people were pausing between sentences. And he said that like the show should have been Gotham Central instead. I would like to know, honestly, because we talked about this when Stephen Lacey, I guess, on our show. Because is Gotham still beating all th- four of those shows from CW in their ratings? Is it, is, it a bit, is it a bad beat? Do we have any idea? I don't think it. I don't think it's beating when you take the uh, plus seven ratings. When you take the plus seven ratings, which are the ratings of live same day, and then the plus seven of DVR ratings, which is like within one week of the show airing. I don't actually think that it does beat the CW shows. Uh, originally, when it de- I'll be shocked because I wow. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look up the ratings right now for um, the season finale. Yeah, because like the thing is, I, I know that th- there's a, there's a, some problems with this with shows on the CW, which there are certain markets, including my own market of Chicago, where there's things that preempt shows on CW. Uh, Chicago Cubs baseball. And it airs on the same channel that the CW is, which in Chicago is WGN, and that's a you know that's a one of the three major markets in the country that can't watch it on the same day that it comes out. Then they take those episodes and they normally air them on Saturday or Sunday night, you know you know so that they're still airing, but you can immediately watch them the next day on on demand if you wanted to. Um, but at the same time, that and that's happened a bunch of different times just this in the last couple of weeks where. Not the season finales, but the week just just before the week of uh, the second to last ep- or the third to last episode of Arrow was on like four days later c- because of baseball and things like that. So I mean, like I think the problem is that the show does well enough on Fox, where Fox is going to keep doing it. Warner Brothers they don't really have a choice. If Fox is paying the money for the episodes, they're going to still do it because they're making money themselves. But as far as you know, one of their key properties, I don't think they're really giving the focus to it. I mean, look at the the figures. DC Collectibles has been releasing figures for Flash, Arrow. Uh, I think they talked about they're doing Supergirl figures and they're doing Legends of Tomorrow figures. But where are the Gotham figures? You know who makes the Gotham figures? Diamond Select, which is, and I don't say this in any like bad regard to Diamond Select, but they're like the middle range collectible company that basically is a distributor first and then sells collectibles on the side to make some extra money. That's where the Gotham figures are. There's no, there's no Gotham. Uh, just recently Mattel was released, um, some figures as part of the DC multiverse line. And those figures included a flash, a reverse flash and an arrow all from the television series, but not one Gotham figure. 
So, I mean, like, it, there, there's something inside of Warner Brothers headquarters which is saying we don't want anybody to be knowing about Gotham. If they find it, oh. they promotes it, great. But we don't want that property to be promoted by ourselves or we having to spend money on that. I think that that's a little out there, but... Um, so I have ratings in front of me, by the way, for the season finales of a few different comic-related shows. Um, first of all, um, like, before I get to the DC, like, just as an example, like, Walking Dead, the episode where Negan showed up, that was 14.19, um, US viewers million. Um, that's probably Nielsen. Like, it's not taking into account DVR and international and other stuff. Um, but for all these, I'm gonna read from, like, the US millions, like, viewer metric, like, not the DVR. So 14.19 bil- uh, million, not billion, wow, for uh, the episode of Walking Dead where Negan shows up. For Legends of Tomorrow, keep in mind that Walking Dead had, like, 14.19. Legends of Tomorrow's last episode on May 19th got 1.85 million. So, wow there. Um, the last episode of Arrow that aired a few days ago got 2.19. The last episode of The Flash that aired got 3.35. The last episode of Supergirl that aired got 6.11. Um, so any guesses for Gotham's season finale? I'm guessing it's probably around four or something. But I think it's a disservice not to count the DVR ratings. I think that's something that we, we Yeah, that, that's, we how, that's how a lot of people watch now. Because, like, looking at uh, the Flash season finale, uh, well, they don't even have them posted yet because it's too soon, but the 3.35 million was just live the live ratings but they don't have any DVR ratings for at least 3 weeks out so yeah but like you're taking like 3 uh episode 20 which was 4 weeks ago had roughly about the same live numbers but ended up getting almost 2 extra million dollars 2 dollars 2 million extra viewers from DVRs so roughly you know, five five point two five for one episode. That's why DVR numbers are probably. But the the problem is, it's been it's too early to have season finale ratings. Um. Well, so the season finale rating for Gotham was three point six two, and yeah, these numbers do fluctuate. But I read them all from the same metric, so you can compare like, you know, the shows at least like on this for, with the same uh, criteria. So it went so, from uh, top to bottom. Walking Dead, Flash, no Supergirl uh, did. No, Supergirl. no I'm sorry, yeah, Walking Dead, Supergirl, Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Legend Tomorrow. Is that right? Arrow, yeah, yeah. Gotham, like last year, I remember. Um, it like its ratings kind of you know settled in the like the the four point something spots. It, it was in the sixes for a while. Like I'm scrolling back up to remember. Um, but yeah, they've dropped this season, which shows do as they go on. Okay, um, but here, here's here's an interesting number. Okay, so using the DVR ratings, comparing the uh, the first week of May, because this is the last time we have DVR ratings for the first week of May was episode 20 of The Flash. It had 5.25, including DVR ratings. For Gotham, which aired the same exact week on May 2nd, episode 19, which was the Azrael episode, it had 5.77. So only about a half a million extra viewers on a bigger network, because Fox is technically ranked higher than CW. And I gotta say, you know, 
you know, looking at the ratings from the very beginning, originally they had, with DVR ratings, season one, the pilot, they started with 14 million viewers. Three weeks ago with DVR ratings, they ended with 5.7 million. This so is Gotham? It's like a third of what it was. Right. Yeah, that's Gotham, yeah. And, and now I'm looking at, because you said that, like, it's getting good ratings for Fox. Um, I'm curious of what Family Guy and Simpsons have been getting, so I'm clicking on those right now. Or Empire. Empire was a big show. Yeah, I think Empire is actually the show that is the top-ranked one on Fox. Oh, that's interesting. I know that the ratings have definitely for that show, but, like, I, I know that, like, it, like this and last season, it was, it was, like, really, really big. Oh, wow. So, um... Gotham is doing better than Family Guy if you're just counting, like, you know, the that first set of ratings that I mentioned, and they are doing better than The Simpsons. Wow, interesting. Bam. Looking at this, uh, they have a, a, a graph here that shows the 18 to 49 demographic. Lucifer was actually ranked higher than Gotham, which I watched Lucifer, I enjoyed the show. <laughs> That's a DC comic show. Yeah, it is, yeah. That was ranked, uh, their average viewers was a half a million more than Gotham. Which is so funny because Gotham's the lead in show for Lucifer. Oh man. I mean, we don't, we, I mean, honestly, we don't want to go by ratings too much because that doesn't always dictate quality. True. But, well, and, and the Nielsen like, system is broken and some people watch it on Hulu and I don't know if Hulu's counted and, um, well, yeah. I think that, like, Dustin's point about DC All Access is promotion of the DC shows. Because, I mean, like, I mean, I was talking about this with somebody. Maybe it was with Chris Johnson, who uh, I talked about Legend of Tomorrow earlier today. But when you're at the DC booth, there's always, like, they always promote the media of DC Comics. Like, whatever it is. Like, whether it's the, the, the DC Supergirl thing, the, whether it's the Teen Titans Go, whether it's whatever movie's coming out. Like, last year was BBS. Whether it was, like, you know, Legends of Tomorrow was getting heavily promoted. And Gotham was. Um, although I don't know if they had any footage from Gotham, but like, you know, they still I, have I, a cast I first saw the footage of like Dobby Mazow screaming at the DC booth, um, um, in 2014. Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to be like, you know, in between season one and season two, like, was there any like, like stuff? Maybe not. We had that bag. They, so Comic-Con oh, yeah. gave, I mean, gave you was, a bag that had like all the characters on there's it. There's definitely should not be an argument of whether or not they have done any promotion because they definitely have. It's how much they do compared to the other DC shows. Because even, even what, you know, talking about those DC All Access videos where they focus on the TV shows, they have mentioned, uh, Lucifer more often than they've mentioned Gotham, which is on the same exact station. So there's no reason they wouldn't, you know, uh, you know, talk about it. Uh, you know. That's the, really interesting. I should, I should watch those preacher, preacher just came out, uh, this, you know, two, uh, was it a week ago? Preacher came out. Vertigo. Uh, their, their first episode. That's another Vertigo DC show. And, you know, there was an episode just recently about Preacher. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't know that they're going to cover Preacher every single week, but, you know, it was mentioned. So I have to wonder to myself, you know, is there a reason why they're, they're not, you know, promoting it. Yes, they they were on the the, War, the you know the Warner Brothers San Diego Comic Con bags that they have every year. I believe Gotham's been on it every year that they. Oh right, right, right. That's what you're talking. About. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's that. There's the you know last year or the fir- two years ago in 2014 at San Diego they did the uh, DC TV night where they had like Constantine Flash. Arrow and Gotham all on the stage at the same time. That's right. Uh, they did that again last this year. year. 
Yeah, last year they got rid of Constantine because that got canceled, and they replaced it with Supergirl. So that you know that it was the same thing. This year they'll probably do the exact same thing, but maybe they won't do. Maybe Gotham will be by itself because now they've got Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash all on the CW at the you know on the same network, and you know they're all going to be crossing over together. So maybe they cut Gotham from the group, and then Gotham does their own thing. Well, then again, I mean, like I'm sure Gotham crushed Supergirl in the ratings because Supergirl's ratings. Didn't justify the price each episode cost, which is why it's moving to the CW. And Gotham isn't, so uh, I imagine it did better than Supergirl. But I, I'm I'm trying to wonder, like, is it a quality thing, or is it like you know how they do they prefer the CW? You know, because Supergirl and Flash had a crossover. Do they prefer those 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 Greg Berlanti shows over the Danny well, Cannon shows? Well, the CW is also owned by you know Warner Brothers. As a which Fox isn't so like there's yeah, a little CW's, bit of yeah CW's fifty percent ownership is Warner Brothers fifty percent is CBS or Paramount but it's basically CBS and the well, I mean, guy I, who actually owns the the lineup for CBS also plans the lineup for CW because that's their aspect is they plan out you know the shows that are going to air and when they're going to air that's part of the reason why Supergirl was so easy to just shift over to CW not just because Warner Brothers owns it but I mean I, I don't I mean no matter how we feel about Gotham I don't necessarily want to suggest that DC itself is turning its back on it because of of like quality reasons because I feel that like that would be really then again they just disowned the two, the new 52 this week with Rebirth so Maybe they're yeah. Having, I was waiting until the end of the show to mention that, but yes. <laughs> hey guys, old continuity is back. Celebrate. Dance. I know I have. I'm so happy. Um, I've not been this excited about DC Comics in like five years. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's been a long time coming, but um, I mean, I, I think that like as we're talking about it, it's a lot more quizzical for me to... It's a very questionable situation, and um... I don't know. I mean, I, f- I feel that, like, the show, whatever, however I feel about it, that the majority of people, like, watch it enough. I know it's, it's not the big thing it used to be, but, I mean, maybe it's not maybe it's not properly competing in, like, online, like, Twitter talk as Arrow or Flash, which I know people are still really enjoying. That's true, it because it definitely, it, Gotham does not trend on Twitter hardly at all. But enough, like, non-comic fans watch it that I think makes up for it, like, um, our friend um, Zach, who he too does Clone Saga Chronicles with us, um, his ex-wife, that was one of his her favorite shows. And when I went to see um, X-Men last night in the theater, the people who were sitting behind me, they were talking about the Gotham season finale, like, as I was walking down the theater. And, like, you know, Bullock being the new captain, supposedly. So it's... Thank you about that. Uh, apparently it was interesting. And by the way, they they enjoy. I talked to them for like maybe five or ten minutes. They've really been enjoying this season. I didn't mention the podcast to them. I don't know why, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe I well, don't want to break their hearts. Maybe. Well, but you know, Dom was saying earlier, and what I meant to reply to it was, you know, I do feel that like this season they've had an improvement with the episode to episode connections. Like we yes. had more stronger arcs connected, whereas, like, last season, if you were to take a bunch of those episodes and mix them up in the different orders, very rarely would that be a problem. But there was a lot more episode-to-episode, you know, connection in this stuff. And 
the plot lines were connected. Like last season, we'd have like, you know, fish talking to Liza and it would have nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It would just be there to remind you of the plot. This season, if a character didn't have anything to do with the plot, we wouldn't show them for no reason. We complained about Harvey Dent and Lucius Fox not being around. But, you know, that was probably because, you know, when everyone is driving the same truck, going to the same destination, we don't need a scene of Lucius Fox saying, ugh. I'll fix this computer, but first, you know, I must find a Snickers bar from this, like, you know, broken, you know, vending machine. Like, we're not having, <laughs> that, like... It's not, it's not an RPG. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, the plot lines were more connected, which is one thing I loved about the season finale, is it had a lot of the characters, like, working together. You know, we there's no... Well, there was definitely... I mean, I will not disagree. There was definitely a, a tighter focus on the episode-episode transitions and shows. I think that, that that's like the strongest tether to the show in season two. I think that the focus, the stories that they were focusing on in themselves, and I don't think the stories were like god awful necessarily. Like, like the Galavan plot, it was it was interesting until they brought in the, the Order of Saint Dumas and said we must kill Bruce Wayne. That was fucking stupid. That was um, <laughs> like that was Galavan's plan all along. You know, okay, they, they introduced Mister Freeze. The way that they did it was dumb. Um, Hugo Strange was okay until they started. Like, I mean, I, th- I think the Hugo Strange was better than the Galavan plot in terms, like you know, at the end of the day, and get into the court of owls. But I gotta. I mean, I mean I'm being honest. But I say it, it still doesn't feel like like they're, they're. It doesn't feel like they're confident that this show will make its mark upon Batman, you know, pop culture. Like, like what, what, what can we say of this show besides jokes? I mean, because last season it really was Robin Lord Taylor's Penguin. He was a breakout performance this year. He's kind of been caricatured to the point where, like you know he's barely in the show in the second half. So like what he else became it, King of Gotham, Gotham and then like lost that before like the middle of the season. I mean I don't, I don't know where else to like you know I mean like that's not ironic or jokey to to to, glean, to, to catch on the show like, like what can I look forward to besides David Mazzaro's is like you know uh, severely underrated acting. Well, I can definitely agree with you guys when you say, you know, the season was tighter than last season. And I can, I can appreciate that. I just feel like the show could be better based off of the source material. And ultimately, I just want it to be better. And if me bashing the show will put a fire under somebody's butt who's listening and say, hey, maybe we should make this show better, then I'm going to bash the show as much as I want. But you know, <laughs> to, to the people out there who, you know, aren't, do not appreciate the Gotham Chronicle and what you guys do. All I can say to them is, if you appreciate the show, then keep watching it. You know, if you appreciate watching Gotham and you enjoy it, then just keep watching it. But the whole thing is, clearly some of us are not enjoying it as much as others. Uh, the, the ratings, which have dropped almost 10 million since the debut of the show, say something in and of itself where they have to do something to change. Um, even, even looking at this, the drop from season one pilot, uh, 14 million to season two, uh, first episode, 7 million, that's, that's half as many people. So pilots my thing always is have this, huge drops. That's true. That's true. But the, the like thing is, no matter what, no matter what, the ratings have dropped significantly. They've lost at least 2 million over the course of just this past season, just season two. So the thing is, like, I just want the show to be better. I want them, you know, like, like I said, there's there's definitely some humongous great points with the show. I love the fact that they did what they did with Hugo Strange. I think BD Wong did an amazing job. 
I have I no totally agree. on 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 that. Um, it, it it's sad because it's almost like he's like the one of the few good parts of this show. Um, I I've been enjoying some of the supporting characters like Lucius Fox, Harvey Bullock. I haven't had a whole lot of issues with those those characters when they do choose to focus on them. It's when they they do this run of the mill we're going to just try to throw in these random characters that really should not exist at this point in time because we can that's the kind of stuff that is just frustrating so like overall the season i think was a step up as far as tightness and things like that but at the same time they decided to just go the route of not taking themselves seriously and that's part of the reason why we've gotten so many villains and such weird incarnations of the villains in such a short amount of time. I mean, they, they introduced a ridiculous amount of characters this season that either they killed off right away or they threw away very easily or whatever, but it does, it just doesn't come down to making a whole lot of sense, um, in the long run. But, um, you know, as far as looking to the future, I can say that, you know, I'll, I'll still watch it because it's one of those shows where, I'm stuck watching it, not just because I run a Batman website, but because ultimately the, the, it's, it's one of those shows where no matter how bad it gets, you just keep watching to see how bad the train wreck's gonna be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, what I wanna bring up that we've not talked about yet is earlier in the season, Josh and I made the observation, especially with the Riddler plot, there were a lot of plots that seemed to end, uh, quicker than they, than they could have. And while we were not necessarily hating that, it was an observation of like, okay, that, that ended quickly. Like Bruce, you know, and Selena being, on, you know, together on the streets, uh, you know, Gordon versus Riddler, um, you know, Barbara with Butch and Tabitha. And while That's we appreciate, well, I appreciate uh, that they don't drag things out. At the same time, it shows, I think that like, you know, some things can be longer. And, it, and it, I think it's, it's, it displays, um, just, just a lack of like, like honing and deafness to the writing, and it's, it's a better season. It's a more entertaining season uh, that lets you take it seriously. Like I was really mad uh, by the mid-season finale at, at Commissioner Gordon, and he's not gotten better. They, they've kind of just ruined that character. Well, they've not ruined him as much as like uh, other. DC probably has ruined other characters, but like he's not Jim Gordon. He's not Commissioner Gordon that we all actually like. He's just like kind of this this caricature clown that like we just like making fun of who steals cars, and like that's that's amusing, but that doesn't make a good show. Um, I mean, like it, it's it's like watching like you know a Steven Seagal film for me. It's like you know it's really really entertaining, but it's not a good movie. And I feel bad going to a Comic Con and looking at these actors in the face and asking them questions as though I'm invested in like the seriousness of the plots. I feel like such a sham when I do that. Um, I'll keep on doing it because I like doing it, but I think that the show. Its potential is still there, but it's been minimized by the lack of consistency. I think that like it, it's it is better. It's, it's a better season. It, it still has to get better. It's got to do better than what it's doing now. Like it's 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 not rising above the level of you know barely watchable. And there have been definitely episodes I've enjoyed. Uh, Josh is right to point that out. I really loved my, my favorite episode of the series is still the second episode of season two. That was awesome, but. I feel that the show doesn't commit itself to a, a, a consistent level of seriousness. And it just, like, you know, gets top on. And it, oftentimes, it, it really doesn't feel like they even know the characters they're kind of messing with, unless they get notes from Wikipedia or something. So I think that the show needs to find a more solid Batman identity 
and try to focus on that. But I think that the premise is also difficult in maintaining from episode to episode. So it's kind of attached to catch 22. Um, so I hope it gets better, but, um, it has been better, but not by much. And I'll, I'm not check it out, but, uh, it, it can do better. Uh, and I think that like, so thus far it still has a long way to go. Hey, I'm having fun. Um, and I've kind of been an optimist on the show. So <laughs> hopefully that's enough for some of the Gotham lovers on here, but Hey, what a crazy year we've had, you know, and let us look back on it. The mayor of Gotham, you know, kidnapping the old mayor of Gotham and putting a metal box on his head. Barbara Keene, um having a, was it a butterfly or a frog come out of her throat? You know, uh, Mr. Freeze, Amygdala, uh, all this crazy stuff. Clayface, Nora Freeze turning into a porcelain doll and getting crushed. Gordon, you know, living in the back of uh, Bullock's car for one episode. And then eventually, um, Lucius Fox's car. So, what will year three bring of, uh, what will year three of Gotham bring? <laughs> I know I'll be here. Let's see who else is. So until next time, this is Josh. This is Donovan. And this is Dustin. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Have a great summer. <laughs>